Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Philly just, I mean, you look at the stats, I mean, Miami, 10 penalties against none for Philly. Uh, Four push plays converted by Jalen Hurts. Pretty much Philly was able to do whatever they wanted uh, in this game. I was very impressed with the Eagles. We talked about it coming in that neither team really had a marquee win. Well, this is certainly one for Philly. Especially coming off the way that things ended against the Jets a week ago. Danny, I have to admit, terrible job by me. The So on the drive that basically finished the game at 31-17, that took like six and a half minutes. That first time that Sirianni used that brotherly shove play, I actually would have punted. I, I have to admit, like it was it was a full yard, and I was thinking to myself, man, I just think that's too dangerous in this spot. They did it once. They did it again in that drive. And I was, I first guessed myself wrong on that. That was an excellent job by Sirianni. So I will do what people in the media never do. I said to myself, not anybody else, I would have punted. He did not. And that drive sealed the game. AJ Brown was tremendous tonight. Six straight games for AJ Brown with 125 yards or more receiving. Two dudes uh, in NFL history have done it. One guy I've never heard of, the other one is Megatron, Calvin Johnson. He's, he's unbelievable. And yeah, good. That's that you say bad job by you. I say good job by you and Ad- admitting where you were wrong publicly that you, you, Danny, could have taken, you could have taken that to your grave and no one would have ever known. It was it was at their own 26 yard line. It was like a Brandon Staley special, except the fact that they have this just undefensible play, indefensible play that in, nobody in, indefensible, indefensible play. Yes. Yeah. You know, so like. You and I have never played uh, football at a high level. We've never really played sports at a particularly high level. Accurate. How demoralizing do you think it is for an opposing defense to know that it's basically, you know, first and nine, first and eight? Yes. It's not really first and ten. I think it's an excellent point. I kept thinking to myself about that during that drive because it's not good enough to shot to stop them a yard shy of the sticks. You basically, to your point, have to stop them with like a fourth and three or a fourth and four because if it's a yard or less they're going, if it's two yards or less they're thinking about it, 
Like that's the standard in that situation when you're down by seven, desperately trying to get two of the football back. I think that that is very that that makes it extremely difficult to get a stop on defense. Yeah, it, it's and just and for like four minute drill, you know, icing games away. Yep. Churning clock, like all that stuff, like, you know, they're just dominant. They're so clearly the best equipped team to do it. And it's weird. If I was a Dolphins fan, I don't think I'd feel terrible. Like, I agree. Being down 14 and Waddle being hurt and getting back in that game and tying it up is pretty impressive without Waddle. And then, I mean, Tua throws a pick to Slay. All right. Darius Slay is one of the better defensive backs in football the last five years. He and under he underthrew it, it. Bad, bad throw, but I mean they were dri- they were driving to tie the game at twenty four. Yes, and it did look to me. I know Collins reporting this out, but it did look like that was a play where you had two guys too close together because it was it was the kind of play that that to me to my naked eye should be either complete or incomplete. You shouldn't have a you know a cornerback being able to undercut that in that situation. Yeah, I mean there was there was definitely something wrong with the execution of the play by them. I guess I just mean like. If this game is played 10 times, yeah. I don't think Philly wins like eight or more of them. Yeah, I think I think that Miami wins about four. I was thinking yeah. the same thing. If I was Miami, based on the resilience they showed down 73, as you mentioned, I was really impressed by the, t- the touchdown drive right before half. Like they converted that, uh, I think it was it was a third and 18 uh to Cedric Wilson. Yeah. And they completed it to midfield, went right down the field and scored. I thought that was impressive. And then I thought they showed more resilience because, remember, you had Tyreek Hill look like he was going to waltz his way into the end zone when he bobbles it, and then it it's incomplete. Then they go for and fourth and three, which I thought was questionable because Tyreek Hill was off the field on that next play. Yep. They get unlucky with the face mask, but they bounce right back with that weird pick six. And so I think I think Miami showed – mental toughness and resilience but it felt like with the guys they didn't have coming into the game plus the guys they lost waddle david long got hurt it was probably a lot to ask for them to win this game on the road on sunday night i would not feel terrible if i was a miami fan yeah and good point i mean the 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 non-call on the face mask with that ball in the air i mean that's that's one that obviously gets called eight out of ten times nine out of ten times so you know not having Achan was big. They were able to get basically nothing on the ground uh, running the ball. Just I, Philly was better. Philly, I think, maybe there's a little bit more credence that they've been coasting to start this year uh, off of the NFC Championship last year. But we were wondering if they were going to put one together, and uh, and they certainly did. Are you ready to get to the games? Absolutely. All right. Baltimore, Detroit, we do it once a week. We get to do is the bigger story the team that won or the team that lost, and I'm starting us off with it. Is the bigger story the Ravens blowout win or the Lions blowout loss? Bigger story to me is the Ravens blowout win. This is the team that I think exists there, Danny. Now, they're not going to do this every single week, but we talked about this on Thursday on the podcast. Like The losses that they had, Indianapolis, there was a bad call. They were playing with their food. They had a bunch of, you know, just ill-conceived turnovers, bad plays against Pittsburgh. They had absolutely and utterly no business losing that game two weeks ago. And I know there's been criticism of the offense, but 
I thought I've thought to my eye that Lamar Jackson has been playing well. Like the questions coming in about how would he adjust to Todd Munkin's offense? He has looked good to me. He looked smooth. I thought there were times today, and the announcing crew pointed this out that Lamar might have taken off and run where he kind of stayed a beat in the pocket after facing pressure, and they were just dominant. I mean, this was a game script situation where you score 7, 14, 21, 28, and then it doesn't matter what the Lions do. They're completely dead in the water. I think this is the team that Baltimore can be if their receivers catch passes, and their defense has been consistently very good this season. The team that showed up in Baltimore is a team that can win the Super Bowl. I agree with you. Uh, that, That team today definitely can win the Super Bowl. I'll make the case for the Lions simply by saying they easily could have lost that opener to the Chiefs if any player on the Chiefs, namely Kadarius Toney, catches one of like three balls that were right in his hand. And if they had lost that game, we'd be saying they beat Atlanta, Green Bay, Carolina, and Tampa. And are a four and three football team. Now I know they won that game, but their next game is Vegas, then the bye, then the Chargers, then the Bears, then the Packers, then the Saints, then the Bears, then the Broncos, then the Vikings. They don't have another like test game, measuring stick game. Are the Lions for real game? Can the Lions make the NFC championship? Can the Lions make the Super Bowl until at Dallas week 17? Like every game between now and week 17 for the Lions is a game where we are going to say they should win. And if they win, they're not going to get that much credit from people. And if they lose, they're going to take heat. So I do agree with you that it is the Ravens. But the only argument on the flip side that I have for Detroit is if they would have won this game, I think it would have kind of backed up what they did in Kansas city week one, and it would have removed any skepticism that they could be a tier one team. Now, when you get blown out like this to Baltimore and it felt like week one was a little bit fluky, I think the rest of the way people are going to be doubting the lions, even if they end up being like a 12 or a 13 win team. I can't disagree with that. The one thing I notice about Detroit is they'll occasionally have this kind of game in the Campbell era. Remember last year, they finished the season. They won five of their last six I think it was like you know eight of their last 10 something like that but they dropped that weird game in Carolina where they just could not stop the run I know this is a higher level team with higher expectations but you saw that last year it killed their chances to make the postseason in you know kind of a comeback come from behind fashion dropping the seven and eight and this was just one of those games where like you know you fall behind like that there's nothing you can do like do you subscribe Danny to the theory like if you're if you're Detroit if you're doing a show in Detroit tomorrow or Tuesday, is it I'm alarmed because this team is just not up to snuff? Or I know this game was such a disaster that you almost throw it completely out, that this is not going to happen again like this. I, I think I think the latter, but in the back of your mind, there's a shred of doubt. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think you make the argument that this is a trash the game don't don't even watch the tape. You're not going to learn anything from it. But like I said, there, there's just not at New Orleans. You know, I mean, there's there's just there's just not a lot of good opportunities for you to really feel good about your team the rest of the way. And just one more thing for Baltimore. Um, 
It was only six targets, but it was nice to see Mark Andrews like be remembered. I felt like yes. so much of this year, it was like, oh, well, they got him Zay Flowers and they got him Odell Beckham and there's Bateman and go like figuring out who these guys are. And I know, and then Andrews was hurt for a little bit in week like two or three, whichever it was. That's your dude. That's your number one guy. Yeah. That's your red zone target. Work everything off of that. Maybe it'll be Zay Flowers by the end of the year, but that is the best weapon uh, for Baltimore. I still think he's a top three tight end in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think you're right. When I look at their weapons, the way I would stack it up is ideally it's Andrews one, Flowers two, and then I think there. I think you have a drop of a level, and then you go to the other guys, and that includes Odell Beckham. I know Bateman flashed a little bit. They were able to run the ball effectively with both Edwards and Hill. But to me, it's clear that the top two guys there are Andrews and Flowers. And I agree based on productivity and, and really flat out size. Flowers, not the biggest guy. Like in a playoff game, at a big game, Mark Andrews feels to me like the more indefensible player. Like he's the tougher guy to guard. And it just seems like as they were changing their scheme this year, they went away from it early. And so I, I hope his target share keeps going back up. 